This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. What's our theme this year for 2018? I can't hear you. Moving forward. How many want to move forward? You don't move forward without intention, without on purpose, pressing and moving past some, maybe some places of comfort. You move past those to reach the goal, to go for what God's calling you to do. And now I was thinking, let me read to you our, our verse, Job 17, 9. It says, the righteous keep moving forward and those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. So we are the righteous and we're to move forward and we do that by on purpose giving with God and what I do, I ask him what should be my goals for 2018. I'm asking him and getting with him in the secret place and letting him share with my heart and we, we come together and uh, some things he says, it's whatever you want in this area. You choose. And then other things he'll say, I want you to go this way or whatever. But, you know, moving forward means we've got to renew our mind to some things. We've got to renew our mind to the word, renewing the mind. And we think that, that renewing the mind is just a matter of getting in the word, but it's more than that. You've got to engage the word. You've got to receive the word as God speaking to you. You can casually read the word and get nothing out of it. But to renew your mind, I'm taking this as God speaking to me, and I want this to be engaged or accepted in my life, and I want to live it out. I want to walk it out. And you'll find renewing the mind starts with repentance. Now, we think of repentance, of coming to the altar and, and giving your life to Jesus, and there is an element of that, uh, which is, that's truth. But really, when you look at repentance, re means back again. Pent means like a penthouse or the top floor. Repentance is turning back to God's perspective, which is reality. Repentance is turning to what God says, and it becomes my truth. It becomes my fact, my, uh, my heart to fulfill what God says. So when you engage the word, I'm going to say some things today that maybe you need to renew your mind about. You need to get it into your heart because when you get these things in your heart, you know what happens? It changes your life and you move forward. Every time that you renew your mind in an area, you're going to move forward in that area. If you're not moving forward in an area that you need to move forward in, you have not renewed your mind to the Word of God in order to move forward. Because when your mind is renewed in an area... I mean, you have joy, you have peace, you have strength. Refreshing comes. Strength comes. Joy comes. Comfort comes. The things of the kingdom come to you. So we've got to be serious about the Word of God. One thing the enemy will steal from you is your time in the Word. But don't let him steal it. Say, no, on purpose. I'm getting with God. I'm getting in the secret place. 
I'm going to pray. I'm going to study the word. And I'm not only going to study it, I'm going to digest it and say it's mine. If God said it, it's mine. I'm going to receive it and take it, engage it, and make it a part of my life. I like to look at it. It's kind of the way I did in high school. I'd take a test, and it's because the night before that test, I just put everything in my mind I could, and then it was enough tremendous through the test. You could have tested me two days later, and I would have failed it tremendously bad. Because I did not engage the truth. I did not renew my mind to that truth. It was just superficial. It was just in there to get past the test where I could stay on the basketball team. That's it. After all, I was going to play in the NBA and be a multimillionaire, so what was the difference? Had a lot to learn. That's the reason I decided to go to school become an engineer, and found out I couldn't even start in the catalog. My math was so bad, I had to start a couple courses before I could get in the catalog. He said, well, you know, a lot of things don't deal with math. Well, being an engineer deals with math. You see the mess that I was in. <laughs> What you hear affects your thinking. What you're thinking affects your emotions, and your emotions affect your decisions. Make sure you're thinking. Make sure you're hearing the word, thinking the word. Your emotions are filled with the word, and you're making decisions based on the word of God. Because they're life. They're your victory. They're your strength. The word says that it's the stability and the strength of our times, the word of God. You're not strong, you're not stable, you need some more of the word in your life. One definition of glory is the view, judgment, and opinion of God, which is reality. We think of the glory of God as the splendor, and, and, and that's true, the majesty of God. But it's also the view, the judgment, the opinion of God as reality. That's glory. It's glorious when I take his view of what he said about me. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I've been adopted into the family of God. Now I'm a son of God. You don't need to go around and tell everyone, you know, knock on your neighbor's door. Hey, did you know I'm a son of God? <laughs> I don't recommend that. But it sure gives me joy and comfort knowing how much I've been loved. What a price it was paid for me. It makes me want to serve him. It makes me want to give my life for him. To lay down my life and show my devotion to him. I'm going to continue this morning with legacy. Talks I started a few weeks back. We talked about the legacy of a church. Talked about the legacy of a, a godly husband, godly wife. Uh, the last one I talked about, God wants a godly offspring and being godly parents, raising up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And, and today, I want to address something. I, I want to talk about the legacy of older Christians. Say, older Christians. 
Now, I can't put, because if you've heard me teach on long life, there's some things that I just can't say that are attached to old age. If you study and, and you look what they say about old age, I don't receive them. I don't know about you, but I'm just not going to take them. So we're not going to talk about those things. How many are with me? Okay. Do I have any older believers in the house? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. In Psalms 92, verse 12, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Some of you are at old age and you think that you're past fruit-bearing years. That's not part of the Word of God. You need to renew your mind. There's still some fruit in you that needs to come forth. Smile at your neighbor. <laughs> they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Your days of being fresh aren't over. Your days of being flourishing are not over. It says you will still bear fruit even in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. God expects older Christians to bear fruit. It's not an age limit on this thing. In fact, if you started younger serving God, walking with God before you hit older, old age, it says you're to still be bearing fruit. Maybe you got saved at older age, you start bearing fruit. If you belong to Jesus, if you belong to God, you are to be bearing fruit in this life. In fact, Jesus in John 15 talked about, said, This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit and show that you're my disciple. So we give Father glory when you're bearing fruit. God's standard for faithfulness does not change with age. And most people, they hit 60, 65. Their goal is to quit work, relax, and do nothing. They plan to retire and they're planning, they're looking forward to that day. They can do nothing. And it's a biblical thing to plan. You should prepare. But do not get in this comfort zone that you think, I can do nothing. I'm just going to rest on my seat warmer <laughs> and do nothing. And you hear comments from older Christians, I've paid my dues. I've done my time. I will serve as long as it's convenient and I'm comfortable. My seat warmer's working right. 
But let me tell you, there's no spiritual retirement in God's kingdom. As long as you're alive, you're to be bearing fruit. And the enemy has stolen older people's lives from the kingdom, from serving. I'm not saying that you don't do some different things or you don't enjoy life. But let me tell you, enjoying life is serving God. Enjoying life is giving him your all. That's joy. Yes, you can go to the beach. Please do. Just don't, when you get back, act like you're still at the beach. (laughs) Do something. Bearing fruit means that you're connected to the one whose life is causing you to bear fruit. If you're disconnected, you're not going to bear fruit. Say, I'm going to bear fruit. It doesn't matter what age you are. I'm talking to older Christians, but actually this will fit all of us. We're to bear fruit. In Psalms 92, this verse 14, this is from the Adams Clark's commentary. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall continue to grow in grace be fruitful to the end of their lives, a person that even in old age is full of faith, full of love, and spiritual activity. That's what that bearing fruit, continue to grow, continue to press into God. Let me tell you, when you get to heaven, you want to go to the beach for a thousand years, I'm sure Jesus will let you. But while you're on this earth, why don't you lay up a legacy of faith? Why don't you call some to come into the kingdom for such a time as this? It'll just keep them from going to hell. That's all. I was touched. It really pierced my heart. Billy Graham's funeral. I don't know if you got to see any of it. I did. But they said that anytime you went to a crusade and you got to go in the back and see Billy Graham, if you opened the door where he was praying, you had to be ready for this because most of the time he would be flat on the floor bawling, crying out for souls to come into the family of God. I heard that pierce my heart. I said, God, do a work in me. I want more of that. Because eternity is at stake. There's so much that needs to be done, that can be done. A study was done at Oregon State University. How older people are perceived in our society. This is what they came up with. Easily irritated, grumpy, grumpy old men and women, impatient, never willing to change, 
unapproachable, stubborn, self-reliant. That's the way society views older people. It should not be said of a Christian. Should be not, not said of us. Amen? Hallelujah. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Fresh there means vigorous, having the appearance of vigor and health. Flourishing means, in the Hebrew, it means green. This image is taken from a tree as if it were still green, even in old age, giving no indications of decay. There should be no indications of decay or backing up from spiritual activity, from faith, love, from the things of the kingdom. There should be no indication of backing up at all. That's what it means to be green. One translation said, be fat and green. Still producing fruit. Verse 15, it says, to declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in me. The term, my rock, expresses God's steadfast faithfulness to his word. My rock. He is my rock. It was a personal possession, stating, declaring that he is my stability. He is my strength in life. He's the one that I look to. I shall not be shaken because I'm on the rock. The storms might come, the waves might come, the hurricane, the tsunami. I'm standing on the rock and my house is going to stand because he's my rock. It's not because of me, it's because of him. And then it says, and there is no unrighteousness in him. That term meant that his unchanging faithfulness to his promises. So, older folks are supposed to be declaring and showing that God is faithful to his promises. Supposed to be declaring his goodness. Declaring who he is and what he has done in our lives. In the Amplified, it's like this. Growing in grace, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap, of spiritual vitality, rich in verdure, of trust, love, and contentment. They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. He is my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. We're to be, older people are to be living memorials that God's word is true, that he is faithful to his promises, that he is our all in all, his goodness, his strength resides in us, that his Holy Spirit is my God, that the Holy Spirit gives me directions, is, is causing me to walk in the will of God. Living memorials. So think about, what are you doing to be a living memorial? How are you encouraging people around you to look to Jesus? Great opportunities. Everyone needs encouragement. Encouraging them to keep walking with Jesus. Maybe they're going through a tough time. And you can say, I've been through a tough time. 
Any older people been through a tough time before? If you didn't raise your hand, you're lying. Comes with the territory. You can send a letter. You can send an email. You can reach out to someone. Bake them a pie. You can do something to touch a life. You can mentor. You can help develop them. Bring maturity. Teach them. Minister to them. Show love to them. There is a world needing some older people that have had experience with God to tell their story. Let me tell you, your story has power. Your testimony can reach and go through the hardest of hearts and make it soft and see that Jesus is alive. That the cross paid the price for each of us to know him and have a relationship with him. What a blessed people we are. Inviting people to your home, out to eat, and giving them wisdom. You know, there's some things that experience can tell. That wisdom, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Does it encourage you when someone says, I've been through that, I made it to the other side, you can do it too? Just me. We need older believers to not sit on the sidelines, but to give wisdom to the younger people, to be involved in the work of ministry, loving people, ministering by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we're in a, a transition year, and I've, I've heard some comments from some of the older people, you know, we're going to have this transition. Pastor Rob and Sean are going to take leadership of the church. What about me? Well, this is what about you. We need you more. We need you to be engaged. We need you to keep ministering. We need you to reach people. People are going to hell. People need encouragement. People need help. There's Christians that need a smile. I'll never forget years ago, a lady came to the church. And you, you know my, my story. I wasn't a hugger, but once I got saved, I don't know what happened. All I know is one day you wouldn't get a hug from me. Might get a handshake. I, it would be a firm handshake. As my dad said, give a firm handshake. So it would be a firm handshake. I get saved. I belong to Jesus. And I find myself hugging people. And I realize, what am I doing? I'm a, and I just settled on it. I'm a hugger now. <laughs> and I, I know it's just the, the love of God you know, flowing. But I hugged a, a, a lady that came and I know she started crying and she couldn't talk. She just left and she wrote me a letter. She said, my father never say he loved me and never hugged me, but said, when you 
hugged me. You said, I love you. And she said, at that moment, I experienced the love of God. And Father's love came on me. And she said, I've never been the same since. Loving people. Reaching out to people. You know, Pastor Shauna, um, she said there are 40 people over 60 serving at Harvest. Most of these are in leadership positions. That's awesome. That means we got some older people doing something. Amen? But we need to continue. We need all ages bearing fruit. We need all ages making disciples. In Psalms 37, 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights his way, though he fall. He shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young, and now I'm old. This is David speaking. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. You know, David's not quoting the scripture here. He's speaking from his experience. He said, this is what happened to me. Never. I, and there's a promise there about your descendants. As long as your children are serving God, they're not going to be without. They're always going to have provision, going to have supply. They're always going to have work. They're always going to be blessed. I love that. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 39. One of the young men went out into the field to gather herbs and came back with a pocket full of wild gourds. He shredded them and put them into the pot without realizing they were poisonous. Some of the stew was served to the men. But after they had eaten a bite or two, they cried out, Man of God, there's poison in this stew. So they would not eat it. Elijah said, Bring me some flour. And that's cornmeal, actually. Then he threw it into the pot and said, Now it's all right. Go ahead and eat. Then it did not harm them. So there's a famine in the land. Elisha comes back um, into his homeland there. And the school of the prophets are there. And they need some food. And he says, go out. Get, let's get some vegetables. Get some things together. But there was a young man who picked poison, this plant's. Got the wrong thing. And they needed the wisdom of an older person to clean the pot. To make the food where it could be digested. And the same is true today when you have a, a Christian who is older, who has got experience, who's heard every wind of doctrine. I hear many times somebody say, well, this is happening, and this new thing, and, and then, you know, it's not new. Uh, that happened like 20 years ago, and that group kind of dies down or moves on, and now it comes back around, and Kenneth Hagin taught, taught that, and it comes back around. There's nothing new. These things cycle. 
and they come back around. But it takes that false doctrine and takes an older person who has found, has their foundation in those basic foundational principles of the Word of God. We never get away from the basics. And there's some far out revelations out there. They're so far out, they're not biblical. And they're poisonous. And it caused people to be deceived and get off base and off track. And we need some people who are strong in the Word of God who can say, hey, get some cornmeal. We need it here in this stew. Because we need good doctrine. We need to be with the Word of God. Rehoboam had just become king. Solomon had passed away. And you see this in 1 Kings 12, verse 6. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders which stood before his father Solomon while he still lived. And he said, how do you advise me to answer these people? And they spoke to him saying, if you will be a servant to these people today and serve them and answer and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. I mean, no, that's good advice. Love the people. Serve them. But verse 8, but he rejected the advice of the elders, what they had given him, and consulted the young men who had grown up with him, who stood before him. And he said to them, what advice do you give? How should we answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, lighten the yoke which your father put on us? Verse 10, then the young man who had grown up with him spoke to him, saying, thus you should speak to this people who have spoken to you, saying, your father made our yoke heavy, but you make it lighter on us. Thus you shall say to them, my little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. And now, whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I shall chastise you with scourges. So here came the young advice he rejected the old. See, we need balance. You need some ideas, some creativity, get some young people. But you need some doctrine, you need some stability, get the older people. You want a church family to have both, to have all of it. And he wound up in a heap of trouble because he didn't listen to the wisdom that was coming from the older people. Now, if that wisdom is the wisdom of God, you need to stick with it. You need to listen to it. Job 12, verse 12, it says, Wisdom belongs to the aged and the understanding and understanding to the old. It takes some time walking with the Lord and you start learning some things. You start getting some wisdom. And we don't, why reinvent the wheel? Why go through something if I've been through it and I tell you that's a detour down the wrong way? I love you and I want to tell you the truth. Don't go that way. Don't hang a left at that turn. Take a right or go straight, but don't take a left. And that's where the body of Christ gets strength. That's where legacy comes in. That's where something's passed down. That can be passed again down. God is a God of generations. It says we're to pass down the wisdom 
that we've gained walking with the Lord. The wisdom of God. What is the wisdom of God? The Bible says the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? Not being scared of God. It's fear of not being with God. Not having God. I don't want to miss him. I want to walk with him. It means that when I hear his word, I'm taking his word as a direct truth to me. That's fear of the Lord. So it's fear of the Lord's the beginning of knowledge. Hallelujah. We need wisdom. And there's some people that can give you some wisdom about your marriage, about raising kids, about raising teenagers. Even if it's, I will pray for you. Oh, bless you. I will pray for you. Teenagers are in the house. Wisdom on finances. Wisdom on the job. Even practical wisdom. So many things that can be passed down. Titus 2, verse 2. Older men are to be sober-minded. Dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith and love and in steadfastness. That should be the mark of an older Christian man. Dignified, excuse me. <laughs> Dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith and love and steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior not slanders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the older men. He's back to the older men. Older men, likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned. You see, the reason we need older Christians to step up because they're supposed to be training. The older men are supposed to be training the younger men. The older women are supposed to be training the younger women. We need that. I can remember reading, uh, it was Kruger National Park in South Africa. They had a problem with elephants. They had the overpopulation. And they decided they were going to move 300 male elephants 300 miles away to another reserve because they were eating up all the vegetation there. And so they, they move them into an area that had a rare rhino. It's called a white rhino. And it's very rare. But it was a natural uh, terrain and habitation for these rhinos. And they had no enemies there. No natural enemies because they were too fast, too strong, too mean. Nobody messed with them. So they had no enemies. So it was a great place for them. So they ship over these 300 elephants, and they're just the young elephants. There's no older influence. 
And they started having rhinos being killed. I'm saying, oh, what's going on? And they started finding them all over the park. So they put cameras in. And they saw that these young male elephants would get together into a pack or a, a, a little gang and they would go after a rhino and kill it. Now, this was completely against the natural uh, nature of the elephant. They were going contrary to their nature. They're killing all these rhinos. And what they learned, they could never move some young elephants without some older elephants there, their influence. It's the same in the church. We need some old elephants. I mean some... We need some old men and women to be an influence. Not to be a grumpy old man or a grumpy old woman, but to give some strength to make an impact, to change a life, to call someone. And we wonder why we have gangs where there's no older influence, no fathers, and they're going out killing people. That's our problem. Quickly, in, in Luke 12, verse 19, this is the, uh, the rich man. He said, I say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. Then who will get what you prepared for yourself? This is how it would be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. Do you see the picture here? It does not please God if maybe you retire from your, your job to sit back and just relax and not serve God. It displeases God because you're not bearing fruit. There is no retirement from the family business. How do we treat the elderly? First Timothy 5, verse 1, Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. Talk to the younger men as you would your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother. Treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. We're to honor the elderly. Even if you disagree, you don't harshly speak back to them. You do not disrespect the elderly. But one of the things in studying for this, it said our culture that you can tell about a culture by the jokes that are told, what people are laughing at, and the way that they treat the elderly. I thought that was interesting. And in our nation, there's a move towards disrespecting the elderly. But the Word of God says we're to respect and we're to honor. Even Jesus said, 
Children, obey your parents, and you'll live a long life. Honoring. I think of Paul, thy chaos, he, he honors his mom. He goes over there and works and makes sure she's taken care of. It's not always easy. I'm doing some of that. It's not always easy and rarely ever convenient. And you have to get on the phone and you have to go through things, trying to get things taken care of that normally you wouldn't have to. But you do it to honor. And we're to honor each other. We're to respect all people. We're to respect each other. And when we do that, we'll respect other people. So in your notes there, other believers, what does God expect? And I put this, like I have this whole series in kind of a, a confession form. If you are 55 or up, please stand up. Now let me say this. If you heard me teach on long life, long life, I shouldn't even go there. The youngest old life I could find, or old age in the Bible I could find, was 80 years old. That's what God said, so I'm sticking to it. I know some of you want to go earlier. You know, you can go when you want to go. He said he would give us long life. He would satisfy us till we're satisfied and show us our salvation. So it's up to you. So I want you to repeat this after me. I will... Bear fruit, being productive by bringing increase and honor to the Lord. I will continue to grow in God's word and be led by the Holy Spirit. I will not allow my age to stop me from fulfilling God's plan for my life. Some of you have some dreams that you're letting your age stop you from fulfilling. And you're saying, I'm too old for this thing to take place. I don't care if it's going back to school to get a degree. What is that dream is still your dream. Go after what God is telling you to do because that dream is still yours to possess and to take hold of. Don't let age stop you. Some of you need to be writing. Some of you need to be teaching. Some of you need to get active doing something. Don't let your age stop you. Don't, I don't want you standing before Jesus and Jesus said, I place this dream into your heart and you go, I was, I was 60 years old, you know. What's that got to do with it? Nothing. I'm saying get with it. Go for it. God will give you strength. God's grace is available, abounding towards you. You get a hold of God and he will quicken your mortal body. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. There is a secret. It's called renewing our youth. 
that's available, and I believe it's connected to the quickening power of the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of us that quickens our mortal body and renews our youth. No extra for that. Okay. I will speak words of encouragement, truth, wisdom, and grace into the younger generation being a living memorial, declaring God's goodness and faithfulness. I will be fresh and flourishing in God's house, being faithful to attend and serve in my church. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The best is yet to come. You can be seated. Take a moment. If you don't know, Jesus is your Lord and Savior this morning. I mean, you haven't surrendered your life. There's nothing better than giving him your life. Nothing better than surrendering to him, saying, Lord, my life is in your hands. God, I give you my life. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you made a way for me to have relationship with you, to be a part of the family of God, to live for all eternity with you. What a, what a message the gospel is. If today you never have surrendered, never made that decision, to make him Lord. Maybe you prayed this before, but you know you're not right with God. You know where you're at, and you're not walking with God. You get in on this prayer, too. You get connected back in. That relationship is yours. Everyone bow their heads, please, for just a moment. Holy Spirit, I ask you to minister to each and every heart here this morning. If that's you, to either one of these invitations, coming back to God, getting back right with him, or the first time surrendering your heart and your life to him, I want you to raise your hand if that's you. And we're going to pray together, and God will do what only he can do. So we have a part to play in this. You don't just get, salvation just doesn't fall on you. Our part to play is to surrender to him. And accept Jesus as Lord. Let's pray together. Say, dear Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I surrender. I surrender it all, Lord. I give you my life. I believe you died for me. You were raised from the dead. I believe, Lord. In my heart, I confess and declare that you're the Lord of my life. And I give you honor today. And I give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God thanks. Give him praise. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 
890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. Oh